with another edition of the Survival Podcast. As always, one man's view of the changing world, the changing times, and the things we all can do to live a better life. If times get tough, or even if they don't, today is Wednesday, February the 6th, 2019, and this is episode 2375 of the Survival Podcast. I have a, a guest coming on. I've met this gentleman a couple times. He's been out to my place for workshops and, and whatnot. His name is Brian Norton. And we're going to talk again today about CBD, uh, specifically CBD oil, which we talked about for the first time on the show in depth with the guest a little over a week ago. I actually have a, 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 at least one more person coming on about this topic. And I wanted to get multiple views into the topic. The gentleman we had on a week ago was, well, I think two weeks ago, was 100% kind of a researcher pursuing a master's degree and writing, or actually a, a Ph.D. and writing his dissertation uh, on, or it was a master's degree, his master's thesis on the use of CBD in treating ailments such as PTSD. So it was a very academic conversation. Brian uh, comes out, honestly, his entry into the cannabis industry. He was a medical caregiver in Washington when, when you know, the, The cannabis, when we talk about cannabis from the standpoint of THC, the kind that can get you high, uh, was made legal for medicinal use in Washington, but at the time, any kind of recreational there was still considered illegal. And he worked with elderly patients as, as basically a hospice-type caregiver uh, in their last days using cannabis to help them deal with pain and discomfort in their final days versus being completely not zonked out of their mind on morphine. And that led him to other parts of the industry. He also has a passion for coffee, and he has now combined these two things. He has a, a specialty ro coffee roasting company um, that sells coffee, and he also sells coffee that's infused with CBD oil. And so this is the kind of guy that has a different viewpoint into, an act, into this than an academic researcher. And I think that it's important that we get multiple views on this so that we can make our own decisions about when and if we use this product for our own health. I personally feel that CBD oil is incredibly safe. It certainly isn't something that gets you high. It's not something one would use as a recreational drug. I did find some things that I, I never really thought about that could be a concern, though, in our last conversation, such as potential interactions with pharmaceutical drugs either making them work more or negating their effects, and at least needing to know that that was the case. And the gentleman last week stated that if, if, if it was up to him, he would say, if you have something that CBD oil can help with, by all means use it for that. But if you don't have anything wrong, you probably shouldn't be using it because if you interfere with the endocannabinoid system, That, that, is, that is running the way it's supposed to, all you can do is mess it up, which that makes some sense to me too. So I'll ask Brian about some of that stuff today as well, but I think it's going to be an interesting conversation. We're going to talk about CBD versus THC. Uh, we're going to talk about why your body has CBD and THC reception sites built into it. Like we have these things in our body. That's why these substances work on us. We're going to talk about the difference of strains, We're going to talk about tinctures, the difference between hemp and cannabis as a whole. Um, we're going to talk about 
you know, how and why this uh, Brian chose to infuse this stuff into coffee, of all things, right? So we'll talk about all of that and more in just a moment. Before we get Brian on, though, let's go ahead and hear from our two sponsors of the day. Sponsor of the day number one today is Jeff the Berkey Guy Gleason. Directive21.com is his website. Jeff is the guy to go to for all of your needs when it comes to Berkey water filtration systems. Who else would you go to but the Berkey guy? He's been taking care of our audience for a very long time. He has the best pricing you're going to find on Berkey. And I promise you, when it comes to customer service, the man is an absolute maniac at that. Check him out today. Again, Directive21.com. Next up today, KnifeKits.com. Guys, I think that like building a knife with your kids would be just great for every every man to do. And if you're like, but you know what, I don't want to build a knife with my son or my daughter because I've never built it before and I don't know how to do it. Then learn together. Do you know how valuable that is to do something with your kid that you never did before either? Because they always think, well, dad, mom, whatever, knows everything. And then to realize, like, dad has to learn stuff too, even now. That's a great way to create a lot of things in your kid. A passion for being able to do things, understanding the concept of adding value to something and craftsmanship, working with tools, but also the bigger understanding that there's always something new to learn. Yes, something as simple as building a knife can do that. If you're going to do that project, you want to get over to KnifeKits.com. They make it real easy to get started. Again, find them at KnifeKits.com. I want to remind you, Jeff, the Berkey Guy Gleason, and KnifeKits.com both do discounts for members of the MSB. So with that, real quick, just want to remind you guys that you can help support the Survival Podcast by becoming a supporting member or MSB, Member Support Brigade member. You'll get a bunch of discounts like the two sponsors I just mentioned, and you'll put the money back in your pocket. So it's like you get to support us, and it doesn't really cost you anything. In fact, a lot of you guys that buy you know, a lot of seeds, a lot of plants, a lot of other stuff in our space, you tell me that every year you, know, you put about $50 to $150 back in your pocket by being a member. So if you're not a member yet, yeah, it costs a little bit up front, but in the end it pays itself back. And always remember, if you want to give it a shot and you're not sure about signing up for a full year, hey, sign up for $5 a month. If you don't like it after the first month, cancel it. You can learn more at the survivalpodcast.com. Just click on members to sign up there. With that, let's go ahead and uh, get our special guest on Brian Norton. Hey Brian, man, welcome to the Survival Podcast. Thanks for having me on, Jack. Glad to have you on, man. Uh, we, I mentioned during the uh, the intro we've met before and hung out, and that was cool. Um, <laughs> I, I want to maybe before we dig straight into CBD oil today, and, and 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 cannabis and hemp and all that stuff, give people a little bit of your background. Tell people kind of like how did you end up even working in this industry at all? Oh, it was a twisted path. Um, Got pushed into college, uh, realized the second day I wasn't going to be a hotel restaurant major. Uh, <laughs> ended up uh, getting out of there with a degree in uh, economics and business administration. Um, went to Chicago, started selling kosher sausage, <laughs> got in the grocery industry. Uh, let's see, did that for a few years, then went out west, started managing restaurants, uh, did that for about a decade. Um, actually started general contracting while I was doing the restaurants because we were building new ones. So I, I really loved construction back then. Um, and then uh, and then that was kind of going south when Little Caesars went tits up um, around the country. So went back to corporate America, started at the very bottom again with uh, Goodmark Foods selling Slim Jims. Snap into a Slim Jim. 
they they had none on the northwest like literally four state region only got bleed in business cuz it just hadn't been up here yet so it took it from like 70,000 to like 3 million in a year and a half it was a blast <laughs> built a sales team um got promoted built another sales team and then uh uh, got bought out by ConAgra. I freaking hate working for the man. So <laughs> <laughs> quit, went to work for a, a, a small coffee company. Well, small. They were like $50 million heading to 100 Um And then uh, God rode with those guys from like $50 million through about $500 million bucks when it, there was a uh, – there was kind of like a Wall Street merger thing that merged a farm and our coffee company together. So again, hey, working for the man, uh, bailed out and uh, and then started my. At that point, there had been medical cannabis in Washington for a decade now, like ten years ago. So that was it's been legal for twenty years out here. Um, so yeah, at that point, my one buddy that also got downsized, corporate America, he started getting into some doing some genetic work and uh and then i saw that could go somewhere so i kind of decided what the hell i really like the plant thing and uh and doing the genetics was really fun so we were basically clone suppliers and then i took care of private patients on the side can you maybe talk a little bit about um taking care of patients in, in that side of the industry a little bit before we go on to the main meat of the topic yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so that was before it was recreational out here. So uh, patients back then were encouraged to grow their own because there wasn't really distribution network. There was kind of yeah, there was spotty stores here and there, and there were some farmers markets. But if you got cancer and you're kind of stuck in your bed or a wheelchair, or epilepsy, you know, you can't, you don't have mobility. Mm-hmm. It's hard to just zip out to the store and go get your stuff. Um, <laughs> at one point, I had a gray market business called Herb Taxi, and that's what we did for old folks was like ran out and just went to the store for them. Oh, got you. But, you know, they put the kibosh on that. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it's the regulators weren't really interested in helping sick old people. They were interested in driving business through storefronts that they controlled. So um, that's when I kind of branched out and really got deep into well, hydroponics at first. Um, they built a ton of different systems, uh, and then that led to aquaponics down the road. But, yeah, so everybody had the right to grow like 15 plants. Um, so I just basically, as caretaker for them, helped them grow their plants. Okay. Which got me doing, doing genetics. And then you kind of learned – I learned a lot about a lot of different kind of illnesses, Um like what worked for them, because you would try the different, you know, it's not like penicillin. <laughs> if you're talking true cannabis grown green product, right? Yeah. There's, I think your other guest said 150 cannabinoids or something like that. Yeah. Um, imagine like a 3D space model, right? Where everything's coming out from the middle a little bit further distance. Some sides of the ball are out two inches, some are out eight, right? So each, each thing has more of one and less of another, and there's almost an infinite combination of the 150 some cannabinoids. Sure, sure. That actually is a very good visual. What I wanted you to hit on there, though, because well, I still do get people that say, you know, there's no medical use for, for cannabis. And I thought oh, that would be yeah. ridiculous. I just maybe relate one or two of your experiences with people who, who were, you know, definitely helped, especially I think some of your people, or maybe even the majority, were terminal. And, and what kind of difference it made for them? 
Yeah, like um, uh, my one buddy's dad had brain cancer, um, and he just couldn't. He, no matter how many opioids they'd pump into him, he was always he was under discomfort. Um, so I think for him, like, and for him, I made uh, I made him candies um, that he could suck on, but it uh, it it calmed him. It made him not fear dying so much i think and uh and it was really the only thing no matter how much viking he would take it wouldn't really work it wouldn't stop his head pounding but you go over and help him smoke a joint and 10 minutes later he is just like (laughs) thanking you as much as he could before he could get away (laughs) yeah i I just find it to be ridiculous that people in today's day and age with as much information we have even make that argument anymore the, the schedule uh, one listing is ridiculous but let's move well, on from there well go ahead they made it well they made it that way right because <laughs> one plant will get you x years and 10 plants will get you y years so you might yeah. as well make your one plant freaking crazy yeah. um yeah so they push genetics that way because of the laws so it uh yeah, it became less medicinal because of the way it had to be grown. But then, like I said, being legal out here for so long. Um, oh, and the other thing we should really talk about is, okay, it's all a cannabis plant. Um, now, the definition of a hemp plant, right, it's the same plant. It's just been selectively bred for a low THC. So the feds call the same plant a hemp plant if it's below 0.003 THC, so three one thousandths. Okay. Right, so that it's the same thing when people are saying, "But this is, it's CBD is legal in non all in every state in the country as long as it's derived from a hemp-based plant." Okay. Right, so it has to if it if it comes from a plant that's over 0.003, that's technically a cannabis plant even though they're all cannabis plants um (laughs) but it's not usda certified below 0.3 percent gotcha gotcha so let's talk a little bit then what exactly is cbd versus thc okay so cbd is one of the 120 some cannabinoids that's in a cannabis plant Right. And then you talked with your other guest about an endocannabinoidal system in the human body and that human bodies produce it on their own. Um, if you think of like locks and keys, um, he was talking about, uh, you know, in a body there's uh, cannabinoid receptors and in your brain there's CB1 receptors, right? Those can take in uh, THC. That's why when you smoke things with THC, you get high because there's receptors in your brain already there to pick up the naturally occurring THC that your body makes. So <laughs> I guess everybody's holding. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, that's a good way to point, put it, point it out. So, uh, and then the rest of every other cell in your body basically has a CB2 receptor. Um, so CBD only goes into the locks and keys of CB2 cells, CBD2 cells. So uh, that's why it basically doesn't really have a whole lot of effect in the brain. There's There are two receptors in the brain. That's why if somebody's overdosing on THC, you give them straight CBD. CBD is the antipsychotic part in the full mixed plant if you're consuming it all. That's why a balanced product helps people more because you have – you have the antipsychotic to go with the psychotic-inducing effects of the THC. 
You know, and, and uh, you kind of mentioned the way things happened with, you know, you know, an ounce, a person was in a little bit of trouble, an ounce and a quarter, they were going up the river, and that caused this, this massive jacking up of THC. I mean, I, I, my brother-in-law is a cop, and we talk about this, and he, I remember one time he told me, you don't understand, like, this is not like when you and I were in high school and somebody scored some weed and you'd smoke a joint. This stuff does so, is so much more powerful now. I'm like, well, that's your fault. He's like, what? I'm like, yeah. it's your fault. You're the people that, that enforced this law ridiculously, made all these guys start growing pot in in in, in um, closets, and figure out, well, if if you know, if I can get more into less, then it lasts longer for my customer. So he's not at risk. I'm less at risk. You know, it was a mitigation strategy. Oh, yeah. it's like still going on. of alcohol. Why do you think everybody started drinking booze in this country? Nobody drank booze. Everybody drank uh, ciders, beers, and wine in this country. It was most often drank, and they did prohibition. And we came out of it with the martini and the margarita, and and that's how that happened. Because now I got one bottle, and it's equivalent to five cases of beer. That's how that all happened. And <laughs> easier and to crazy. transport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that too. It's like, even. <laughs> it's bleeding into the yeah the the whole legal business today. Like Oregon's model is based on square footage that they license, and up here it's plant count. So you know, up here in Washington, people are trying to grow twenty footers, and down there they want it easier for their labor they have to employ, right? So they're growing you know human sized plants. Huh. It's <laughs> the market responds; it always does. So. Why, you know, you mentioned that we have these receptors. Why does our body have CBD and THC reception sites in our body built in? Like, why is that there? What does it do? Well, her, uh, well thanks it's, to the It's not just so we can get high, right? I mean, no, it, it, uh, it regulates a lot of stuff. Um, and the, the whole bad thing is they've outlawed research for so long, they're just starting to get decent research out. Um, but yeah, I was pulling up National Institute of Health stuff the other day, um, and like uh, uh, for getting off opioids, the states that have the most amount of dispensaries, uh, Medicaid, Medicare is writing eight percent less uh, pills for uh, for opioid use, and states where there's like it's legal, but there's not as many dispensaries, they're down like five percent, and that's just a crap ton of pills. Um, so it like it's a pain it's a pain receptor regulator um it's a it's been proven to be an anti-inflammatory so if you think about you're big on um basically a lot of illnesses all caused by inflammation and not treating you know not taking aspirin to treat symptoms like treat the cause mm -hmm. so if you think about like it's anti-inflammatory at the cellular level So taking a full body anti-inflammatory all the time, you're treating the the base of of illness. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, what is the difference? Because this is you hear this thrown out all all the time, and I don't know if this is the same thing in the CBD world as the THC world. But you hear this is an indica, this is a, a sativa. What what are the difference in those two strains? Because I know there's a dramatic difference in. The kind you smoke, right? There's the, yeah, what okay. And the and the whole uh, the whole CBD world too. There's there's full extract CBD, so that's where they've done it like in an oil or made a tincture, right? And used the full plant that was 
uh, rated no THC but is high in CBD. So you're getting, like when I send my product off to the lab to get a test, I get a test back, and it shows about, oh, I think like six or seven CBDs and like seven or eight THCs because it all, it all oxidizes, right, and then turns into slightly different compounds, but they're still in the family. Um, so CBD. If you're taking CBDs that were derived from a cannabis plant that has THC in it, then the indica sativa mix in it will matter, right? Because if it gets warm, it gets activated, and the indicas will make you go to sleep more, mellow you out. The TH, the the sativa side will make you more focused, alert, uh, hypersensitive, that kind of stuff. <laughs> And so the the um, okay so the ones that are in the oils and all that that have a little bit um, of THC in it that matters. Now what I use in my products is USDA hemp certified CBD pharmaceutical grade. So what it's actually done is someone's gone and made vats of that oil and then they send it to the uh, lab. Then they distill it. Okay. So what's coming out of the distillation? is nothing but CBD. Okay. Like when it gets tested, it's CBD 1, uh, you know, 99.9600. And then um, everything, every other, every other CBD, every other cannabinoid, every other THC, 0, 0, 0. Well, actually, this is not detectable because it's not there. Um, so that's the... In, there's a big argument in the healing community whether full extract oils, which is kind of what your last guest was talking about, right, where it's been made into a tincture or an oil, so it carries a little bit of all those other CBD derivatives, CBN, CBG, mm-hmm. um, all that stuff. The, all those things. The only, the only one of the 120 that gets you high is THC. <laughs> so full extract oils carry all of those other compound derivatives. So it depends if you want to be clinical about, like, is the CBD helping me? If you use pharmaceutical grade, that's the only thing that's in there. You get a really clear answer. Okay. And maybe that's good for Uh, research because that's all about isolation, but our bodies are holistic instruments. So Um, in Washington, patients that I help locally, um, I use full extract oil. Um, But for products that I can ship everywhere – I have to follow the USDA. Now, I thought when we started the coffee that it was going to be marginally beneficial um, just because it didn't have the entourage effect is what that's called when it carries the other compounds. Okay. Um, and I've been receiving all kinds of letters and texts and, you know, oh, my gosh, I haven't slept in 30 days. I finally slept last night. So, oh, yeah, we do uh, decaf coffee, too. (laughs) Okay. So, here I have a question for you because you just hit on something there that I wasn't aware of. So, my understanding was that oil, CBD oil, as long as it came from a hemp plant and that plant itself was under a certain amount of THC, was fine. Um, And then you're talking about shipping. If I were to receive a product as a sample from a TH, not a THC, a a CBD oil company, and they include an analysis right. that shows me what's in there, you know, so I can see that entourage effect. Right. And that, that analysis yeah. has, actually has shows a very small amount of THC. That would be normal, but you're saying right. that product technically isn't legal to ship to another state? Uh, if it was, it has to have been derived from a USDA certified hemp crop okay. to be legal in a non-legal state. Okay. 
right. far as I know, but I'm not an attorney. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. I don't want to put you that much on the spot. I'm just trying to figure out, like, if this person is is legit, you know, is is creating a, a legal liability for me if I associate with them, honestly, because they you know, they're including an analysis in there. What I'll do, we'll we'll take this offline. I'm gonna I'll take a couple well, pictures yeah. of the analysis yeah. and, and text them to you later, and you tell me what you think. Well, as long as it shows below 0.03%, right, and then yeah, just is. ask them if it was derived from if it was derived from a hemp crop, then yeah. you're okay. So then, then just now, can't. now I'm confused. So, but you chose with your product to go with 100% CBD only, without any isolate, right? And you did that for legal reasons, or? Like, well, I want no, I want no question that it you. was, you know, <laughs> that the. Because they just stopped a whole semi-load going through Idaho the other day that that was a certified hemp crop with papers, yada, yada. But the truck driver was still facing life until the test came back. Mm. And if the Idaho test came back a little different than the federal test came back, you know, jeez. <laughs> so, so you're, yeah, you're whole, on my whole, strategy then. Eliminate variables. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Eliminate variables, you know, and – People in the um, I was just having an argument with somebody on Facebook the other day. The the LD uh, so the lethal dose for cannabis is infinite. There's there's never been a known fatality. So <laughs> uh, with people calling all the poison control because they're overdosing themselves and stuff, it's kind of silly because there has never been anyone died ever, and there's been a lot of like people that have tried to smoke a lot of weed. You know, so, <laughs> I think that that is caused one by the edibles market. I mean, first of all, you know, cannabis itself does have kind of the ability to make somebody want to eat more. And so taking really high value uh, THC and putting it into, like, gingerbread cookies, I think it's a bad (laughs) idea because if you eat everything else, oh, look, I found a gingerbread cookie, you know. And I think a lot of times it's people that it's the first time they've ever done it. Right, or they did smoke yeah. a 1976 no. joint. That was the last time they had it, and they go, you know, they buy a, a brownie or something. They're supposed to eat a quarter of, and they eat the whole thing because they don't pay attention, and then they feel so whacked out. They figure something really bad's going to happen, and basically nothing's going to happen. Well, it's a whole, yeah, and that's a whole difference between the medical community and the recreational. Like out here, they've limited stuff they can sell in the stores now to 10 milligrams THC. Okay. So if you're working with a brain cancer victim, they really need like a hundred. Mm. Um, but now you've made that you've made them have to eat ten cookies. Um, oh wow! And so the, so they had to eat that, and then they're really expensive. So instead of spending like two and a half dollars, they're going to have to spend like thirty dollars a day now. Mm. So. It has, you know, but yeah, when I used to do, take care of medical patients, I would always counsel them to like have bite-sized like other chocolates about so you can, you know, have your quarter of a cookie and you got other, if, if, you're, if you get the, mm, I'm hungry, have yeah. other things. So yeah, it's about count, you know, responsible use, being adults. Um, yeah. That's yeah. the nice thing of it not being legal everywhere is people are have to treat themselves, right? So you should treat yourself well. Listen to your uh, caregiver. <laughs> Got you, man. So I'm looking at your notes here. What What is a Rick Simpson full extract oil? What's that? 
Um, okay, so he basically, if you if people go on uh, uh, Google or whatever and look up uh, Phoenix Tears, there's a God, there's a Facebook group I think with a quarter million people on it now, um, and it's all people who have basically cured themselves of cancer. Um, so it's a full extract uh, oil made with really pure alcohol. Um, so you throw the whole plant in, it's all ground up, and then basically you evaporate the, uh, you evap all the alcohol out of it, right? Mm. So you're left with basically everything except the plant material. Gotcha. Um, when my dad got lung cancer, we made him a batch of that. Um, you're supposed to do, I think, a 20 day regimen where you work up to one gram a day. Um, if you're not a smoker, it will flat put you on your back. Uh, I think my dad lasted three days on it, and then he went back to conventional pharmaceuticals. But it uh, it works. You're, well, technically, if you follow the regime properly, you're supposed to uh, you're supposed to make suppositories that are increasing in strength. Okay. But yeah, if someone really has cancer and they don't want to get nuked and radiated, I'm not giving medical advice, but I know what I would do, and that would be the first thing. Well, and there's a lot of times like things like that. Either they work or they don't. And once you start chemo, it's kind of a, a one directional path. And so, first yep. do that which does least harm before you do something. That, you know, that's kind of if you have the time, especially. I, I think I would go down that path at least as well. Um, let's talk about other methods of, of doing this. Let's talk about a tincture. How, how does that work out? Okay, so like uh, tinctures, um, the beautiful thing about tinctures, right, you get a full extract of the plant, um, but you you've, did not heat it up. Once you heat up um, anything regarding cannabinoids, they change form. THC activates and becomes – so th, having THC in a tincture – um, your body, you, you won't know it's there, right? Cause you can't get high from it because it has never been activated. It has to be decarboxylized to be psychoactive. So that's why, that's why people use tinctures. So you can have every cannabinoid possible, but it was never heated up. Gotcha. And that's why the Rick Simpson oil will make people so high because <laughs> to get the alcohol out of it, you have to heat it up to boil it out. Okay. So you so so it's activated. So tinctures basically really thin Rick Simpson oil though has never been activated. So it's a full spectrum carries everything, just not psychoactive. Okay. What? So if somebody's looking for something for treating you know like kids where they want a full extract but they don't want them to have the the psychoactive effects, that would be an option. Gotcha. So. Um... We kind of talked about this already, but what is the difference between hemp and cannabis? It, I mean, is there any, like, it, is it fundamentally that if you were looking at a plant that was actually what would be considered a hemp plant, you could visually discern between the two? No, they're exactly alike. And the funny thing is now that CBD and the, and the whole USDA certified hemp crop is rolling like the guys down in Oregon are growing certified hemp crops that look like the best weed you've ever seen big <laughs> nuggets crystals just cr and they're going to states right because it's USDA certified so they're shipping pounds to states that are not legal states for THC and it's no problem it even comes to certification hmm. that's interesting <laughs> I mean because um, like my my uh, nephew is going to college in, in Nebraska 
And it's, yeah. it's a small town, and it, you know, Nebraska, as it is. And, uh, or can, is it Kansas? It's Kansas or Nebraska. One of the states no one goes to. I just yeah. pissed off a bunch Cold. of people about ice. But um, he was telling me that the cops are like crazy about this. And, and like every kid that gets pulled over, the first question is, you got weed in your car? You got weed in your car? And they're, they're, if they find anything that's CBD related, they're seizing it and testing it. And they're, they're to, like to the letter, like if it's .001 over whatever the limit is, you know, they're trying to light people up. We're like, down here in Texas, none of it's legal. But if you get pulled over with like a, a half ounce of pot here, yeah. they write you a ticket. <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 it's literally that level of an offense. And you're, there is no way you're going to spend an hour in jail unless you're a dick to the cop, right? Like, no, you're just it's... not going to and, – and they're up there, like, riot-acting people over CBD products. It's funny. Well, uh, all of Oregon last year decriminalized everything, everything, even heroin. If you're, uh, if, you, oh. if you're carrying user-level anything down there, it is completely Wild West. And you know what? It, it hasn't really changed anything. No, because the people who are going to do heroin are still going to do heroin. Yeah, and they just don't have they don't have to arrest them now, so they don't have to run them through. So it just took a whole pressure. I I think it, uh, it was a vote of the people because they put it up about uh, they actually put in the initiative how much money they were spending on all the low level stuff where they were just going to let them out anyway. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it, it passed overwhelmingly. And honestly, the person that's dealing with a heroin addiction, the last thing they need is to be spending time in jail and in the system that that creates, right? That's, yeah. It just isn't, you know, they, they need a rehab. They don't need a cell, you know. Um, yeah. But let's not get on yep. that because we'll go down a deep rabbit hole. <laughs> um, let's talk about ways that people can actually use CBD oils. Uh, ingestion, topical application, what are some of the best practices and You know, what does what well for who? Okay, so uh, it, uh, it's super, uh, it's antiviral, antifungal, all that kind of stuff too. So it works great in creams. So basically, if you think about what you're trying to treat, um, like if you're treating eczema, right, probably use a cream. Um, I have uh, cartilage taken out of one of my knees, so I use a roll-on because I don't really need it going through my entire system. Um, I, I need it to make my knee not inflamed. So uh, so like I use a roll or a spray and rub. Um, so basically kind of think about like what you're trying to treat and is it a systemic level issue, right, where ingestion would be best because you want it to go through your entire system or is it a, a focused local area thing that you're trying to treat? Um, but yeah, it, it's it's... Basically, it's cheaper than a copay, and it does no harm. So if you have some skin issue or inflammation issue or bad joints, um, it's always worth. It's definitely worth a try. Um, and then it's really everybody that uh, that I've tried to help that had like MS or epilepsy is, uh, you know, I've, I've never had anyone say total bunk didn't work. Okay. Um Think, oh, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Uh, diabetes research is coming along too. Um, there's a there's a lot of stuff about regulating the system, um, but like I said, the research is so far behind because it hasn't been done. But if you have a specific condition, Google, you know, CBD or cannabinoids and your and your issue, and definitely do a lot of reading. Um, 
I basically trial and error stuff because, because there's no known, you know, it's because it's safe. It, it's a lot easier to do, especially if somebody gives you good feedback on what they're, you know, if it's working or not or what's not working about it. Sure. So like the guest I had on a week ago or two weeks ago, whatever it was, um, state, you know, said that even though it is safe, that basically if you don't have anything to treat with it, you probably shouldn't do it. Like it's kind of an ongoing tonic or something. And to me, if it's, Anti-inflammatory can be a preventative. I don't argue with, you know, academics <laughs> about their academic discipline. But what what is your thoughts on that? Um, and it's re yeah, I, I for sure. I think uh, I think like a 10 milligram dose a day is a fantastic idea. Um, it it's so low, and it actually, people are people are reporting back that between 10 and 20 milligrams a day is really helping a lot of stuff. So uh, totally use the minimum dose that you can use to fix whatever you're treating. That, that I agree with with everything, by the way. Like, you know, if you take over the minimum dose, then you're putting more into your body than your body needs, and you're creating an excess. An excess of anything is generally bad. An excess of water, and you drowned, right, just right. To, to make it literal. <laughs> yeah, I kind of agree with you there, and, and my thought is, Who the hell in America that's over 30 doesn't have aches and pains and doesn't have inflammation in their body? Yeah, I mean, if you if you had to take Tylenol every day versus versus that, I mean, well, oh, yeah. I just I don't I don't have any of that crap in the house. But I I, I visit people's houses and look, you know you look in the medicine cabinet and there's two 500 count bottles of ibuprofen. It's yeah. uh, I don't know. I think that's a sure way to blow your liver out. I mean, uh, in the army we called it vitamin M. Right, because you, yeah, you go you know. see Doc, right? And unless you were, like, were bleeding, Doc was a 21-year-old medic that, that had, like, a, a, an 18-week course in, in the Army who wrote, who wrote prescriptions for 800-milligram Motrin. Yeah, I'm not kidding. Yep. 800 milligrams, and it take up to two at a time is what's on the label. I don't know if it's still there, but these things were as big as peanut M&Ms, and well, soldiers lived on that, that when I was in the military. Uh, Because you were always in pain. That stuff changes. Yeah. And uh, when you're taking that pain relief stuff below 800 milligrams, it actually is a pain reducer. Um, yeah. When you get to 800 milligrams and above, it changes its affect in the body and becomes an anti-inflammatory. Yeah, and that's that's why people are were using it. I, like I said, I don't know what they prescribe now, but um, yep. if you're a soldier and you're carrying 70-pound rocks and you're – I mean, you're always hurting, right? And so that's yeah exactly. And I my understanding is today, like back then, it was coffee and Motrin for breakfast, and now it's um, energy drinks <laughs> like Monsters and Motrin, right? That's what all the soldiers do now. And uh, oh you know, I think they'd be better off with maybe a little bit of CBD. Um, so Brian, what specific conditions tend to really benefit from the use of CBD oil? Well, uh, for what I've seen. Everybody with uh, epilepsy and MS have reported really good results back. Um, another good thing is uh, sleep disorders. If you're taking sleeping pills, um, definitely give it a try. It took my mom about two weeks to get off real sleeping pills, and uh, and she actually says like she's waking up now, has like a ton more energy. Um, so she was really happy with it, and she was probably the biggest skeptic there ever was. Hmm. Uh, any other conditions that really seem to to respond well? Um, uh, 
basically like inflammation stuff. Um, like, uh, you know, people who have had surgeries have like blown out knees, like that kind of stuff. Cause the, the CBD being a pure thing without the THC in it, it doesn't slow you down, make you foggy. Mm-hmm. And if you go topical, right, then you really don't have it going through your system except on, in the part that's hurting. Um, that, yeah, it, it's so funny. Uh, I, I, doing trade shows and stuff and just watching people come over with, you know, security guy that's had like six vertebrae all operated on and taking handfuls of meds, try like tries a roll on product and comes back 10 minutes later and just like, holy smoke. Wow. <laughs> um, I was handing out free cups of coffee at the mall over Christmas to all the mall walkers. And, uh, they were all like, is this going to work? I was like, well, in 10 minutes when you're doing your lap, you tell me. And, uh, yeah, 30 days in a row, not, not one old mall walker came back and was like, man, it didn't work. So, you know, the anecdotal, that's the whole problem. There's no research. Um, it's just, it's all anecdotal evidence, but anecdotal evidence works. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I think that we have, I've heard tremendous things about helping veterans with PTSD and it, it seems a little, I, like, I don't know, like all the pain stuff makes a lot of sense to me, right? but, you know, since we're talking, you know, either very minimal or no THC in a product, I don't know how, like why it really does that. I guess it's just calming or, you know, well, I Well, it's know. an antipsychotic. Okay. Um, well, there you so go. So, yeah, it, it, uh, that's why if someone's overdosing on THC, you give them a straight CBD product and it'll, it'll bring them back. Mm. So, so, yeah, it, it, it has something to do with calming just general maybe because i don't know it's a, like a, a it's a it's a more for people with uh like anxiety depression it works really well too it, and i don't know how that works why it would be a full body calming effect but it definitely does you know i guess one way to look at it would be a lot of times there's like they call the straw that breaks the camel's back and if if right. if you have enough irritation in your body and your mind to push you into that state, you don't necessarily, like, human beings are, we need to be able to deal with stress. We need to be able to deal with discomfort, right? We can't be in, like, a bubble. But right. if you push a person far enough, they have these psychogenic reactions and psychosomatic reactions. And if you can back that up at all by calming the nerves, reducing inflammation, having a mild antipsychotic effect, even if it's very mild, it may just take tons of people that are rated to have just been pushed over that edge and just pull them back over there. It's not that everything's gone. It's enough is gone. Right. That's a guess. Right. I mean, I'm just pulling that out of my ass, but it, it, from what I know, kind of makes sense. So you are doing um, specialty coffee with CBD. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. When I worked for the coffee company, I used to take uh, – clients down around the world and basically go source coffee with them, visit the mills, uh, all that stuff. And, uh, really like fell in love with coffee farmers and just, you know, they work so hard and they make so little money. Uh, so yeah, we do all, uh, mostly certified coffees unless I've been to the farm directly myself. Um, yeah. And then, uh, and then, uh, we are an air roaster. Um, so we roast on a bed of air instead of a big steel drum, because if you're going to source really nice coffees, uh, there's no sense in just burning the shit out of them. Okay. Um, well, it like a drum roaster convectively cooks. 
but you're talking a big, huge flame on three-quarter inch or three-eighths inch plate steel, right, that are just red hot burning, frying the beans from the outside in. Um, in an air roaster, they're floated on air, right? So everything around them is the same temp and slowly coming up, so it's more like a baking process. So you basically don't burn the outer shell, and then when you're grinding it to brew, you're not brewing through about 10% charcoal. You're actually like getting a uniformly roasted bean. So in a drum roaster, the centers also don't cook, so you kind of have green burned out with most of it being decent coffee. In an air roaster, it's uniformly hot, so the bean cooks evenly. It makes a, that's what makes the coffee so much smoother. Okay. And, well, and uh, it lets it express the uh, like the soil that I was growing in and the altitude and all that stuff, right? If you just burn it. Yeah, that's yeah. The, it's the wine term. But in yeah. where wine has like the ground and the soil and all that, right? And then the venting and then how long it sits. Coffee's the exact same way. Like how old are the beans and the like the really high altitude trees, right? It's really hard for them to produce fruit because there's not a lot of oxygen. So the the beans get smaller and denser and it brings out more dramatic flavors, good or bad, right? You've got to do selective breeding for that. But it, uh, so yeah, it's a it's a fantastic industry. Uh, we needed another kind of bolt on for the farm. Uh, we're selling duck eggs and doing farmers markets and all that. So it uh, it just kind of kind of naturally fit in. I I called up some of my old supply buddies and uh, sourced some really good coffees. Got a little roaster and uh, and we started up a brand. And you uh, do you always sell and ship whole bean coffee? Um... Yeah, I, I really try to. <laughs> okay, so if you think about um, if you think about uh, a bean, basically a little lava rock. If you zoom way way in on it, so it's and, and oxygen destroys everything in the universe, right? Light, light, heat, and oxygen destroy all organic matter. So it, it's working to deteriorate the oils and all the good stuff in the bean from the outside in. And then when you run it through a grinder, you're shattering that. It doesn't actually cut it. It shatters it apart. So now you have a million times the surface area. So it, light, heat, and oxygen are working on that bean at a million times the speed they were when it was a whole bean. So in about a minute and a half, 50% of all the volatile organics are gone. Which is so, why it smells so want, good when you grind it. Yeah, because that's all the gas is escaping, uh, right? That makes that nice oil on the top of your cup on really fresh coffee. Um, so yeah, it's basically I will grind it for people if they put a comment in the in the section like, "Hey, I really don't have a grinder. Can you grind it for me?" But I want everybody to understand they are buying stale coffee. Period. Doesn't matter what anybody, even you know, four layer bags with one way Once you've ground it, you've ground it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I ran a, uh, a a fairly long trolling uh, campaign against a buddy here, saying, "Ah, it doesn't matter when you grind it." And uh, <laughs> he finally was in front of me one day, and he flipped out. He's like, "You're wrong! You're wrong!" And I was like, <laughs> "It's yeah, like, yeah, it's, yeah you know, it's, that's like when you tell a person that the little the, wire cheese cutter can't actually cut cheese, just just to mess with them." But, yeah. <laughs> So let's talk about the fact that you are doing, you know, you have your coffee business, you have different beans, different blends, people can select the roast they want, um, but you also do a coffee that's infused. Why 
take CBD oil and infuse coffee with it versus person could buy CBD oil, person could buy coffee, whatever number of drops in their coffee. Like, why do that infusion? Um, and the nice thing is with the pharmaceutical grade, it's a powder, so it doesn't affect the taste of the coffee okay. at all. Uh, people that are doing it with the oils, right, they leaves that oil slick, so you, it has that cannabis taste to it. Gotcha. Um, the, using the isolate, that's another reason we chose the isolate. It, uh, it doesn't impact the coffee flavor. It's like if you're going to just do it to get the CBD, might as well throw, throw it in folders and ship it out. Um, so create a beautiful coffee. I didn't want to mess up with cannabis flavor. Um, and the other reason I do it in coffee, <clears throat> we made, so a pound of coffee is 454 grams. So we put the CBD in each pound of coffee so that you're matched up for each gram of coffee bean. There's a milligram of CBD. Um, it just so happens that Keurigs are the Keurig couple hold nine to ten grams of ground coffee. Okay. So, for old folks that need a way to get a ten to twenty milligram dose uh, once or twice a day, it's really easy for them to not forget their morning coffee. That's very cool, and it makes everything convenient. And I think then you get a premium product with another premium product. Now, I noticed you ship, sent me a sample. And what you sent me was like a regular one and an infused one. And you're like, well, if you're making more or you're not using enough coffee or using too much coffee versus the volume of liquid, you basically cut it, you know, bring some of the one to the other. Is that something a lot of people do? I mean, it doesn't seem like CBD. Yeah, the CBD coffee is like $45 a pound. Um, and my regular special coffee is 15 a pound. So if you don't, if, you know, if you just don't care about cash, it's, more CBD is not going to hurt you. Yeah. So, you know, just use it up. But if you're on a budget and you're, my whole goal with doing this is, was trying to get people off opioids too. And if I can't be less than a copay, it's not working. So I wanted to take that ammo out of people's quiver about, well, I can't afford it. It's like, no, if you can afford to fill the Vicodin prescription, you can afford a bag of CBD coffee. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, I mean, the way I look at that, too, is, like, I don't drink two cups of coffee a day. (laughs) Right, right. right? So, I mean, I might drink – sometimes I only drink two cups of coffee a day. Sometimes I might (laughs) drink six. Well, then I really probably don't need to be dipping into the $45 a bag stuff. Six times a day. Okay. Now, if you want to have a Mr. Coffee-sized pot, you usually use about, oh, 80, 90 grams of coffee and something like that. So what you would do is just measure out 20 grams of the medicated stuff, throw that in, and then measure out the 60 or 70-gram balance of non-medicated cheaper coffee. Gotcha, gotcha. If you're, if you're going to drink a full pot of coffee a day, which I usually do. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, it makes total sense because you're just burning up the budget that way. So, um, and, and let's talk a little bit about some of the other stuff you do because you've got, like, you mentioned a farm, right? So you're not just doing just coffee. What, what, what else do you guys got kind of in your quiver there? Well, when I came down to visit you for the uh, thing and uh, Reverend Jack gave me the blessing on buying the property, it really we, we really thought about it hard. And actually, we rejected that property and kept looking. And uh, so we ended up with... Uh, getting 15 acres down in Long Branch. It's uh, South Pierce County, south of Tacoma. Oh, hey, yeah, just in case anybody wants to know, 
you can buy property inside of an IRA if you use Pensco Trust. Okay. Um, it's how we pulled this off. Uh, they had three parcels, right? They were all behind on their taxes. They needed cash to settle their tax debt. So I had my IRA buy one of the three parcels outright cash so that they, they could, you know, fix their problem. And then, uh, we use that leverage to have them finance back the other two lots to us. Gotcha. So it didn't involve a bank, got a really sweet interest rate, took care of their problem. It, uh, so yeah, and that's, uh, um, you can buy any asset on the planet inside an IRA. Um, they're just the fiduciary for you. So something interesting, but yeah, so, uh, so then, uh, we put renters out there and, uh, the actual, the guys that are camping on the land right now are paying the mortgage for me. Um, we just built our second, it was impenetrable. It was eight foot high blackberry bushes for 15 straight acres because it had been logged seven years before. Um, so yeah, so now we got a second duck pen just went in last weekend and I just got a text from the renters that they started laying. So we're uh, full steam ahead. It's going to be, it's on hip camp. It's called Camp Suniki, S-U-N-E-E-K-E-E, Suniki. <laughs> um, since it's on the sunny key, my daughter misheard me one day and said, why are we going to Camp Suniki? <laughs> so thus the camp name was born. Yeah. Uh, so basically, yeah, we're going to be, uh, we're putting, uh, so we're building little, uh, little huts out there for people to camp in. Um, and then I've got five, five, another five acres across the street that we're going to build a house on eventually. Uh, well, nothing permitted. It'll be an off grid house for sure, but, but good things. And I just hooked up with the Washington state, uh, TSP group. And, uh, I think we're going to do a little workshop, something in the spring. So I'll, I'll at least have everybody out to camp. Gotcha, man. That's very cool. So uh, if people want to learn more about what you're doing, uh, can you give us your website, or in your case, websites that they can check out? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, well, for sure, go uh, Food Forest Farms, plural, Facebook page. Uh, come say hi. And uh, and then we own foodforestfarms.com. And the other one is cbdspecialtycoffee.com. If you're interested in just getting CBD specialty coffee, use that cbdspecialtycoffee.com. It basically goes to the website, bores you through everything, straight to the shopping cart, straight to the CBD coffee. Um, the foodforestfarms.com goes to like the main homepage and you can, you know, hit the blog or shop or do whatever. Come, but come say hi. Absolutely. And I'll make sure I have links in uh, all the show notes today. Uh, to your websites, Facebook group, and everything like that, man. So, hey, man, thanks for being with us on the air today and uh, sharing your knowledge on this. Oh, yeah, totally. And uh, those codes that I gave you uh, for discounts for TSP, everybody gets 10% off. I do free shipping on everything anyway. And then I made a super special bonus for Members Brigade, so I guess I'll have to go inside there and take a look. Uh, okay, so my wife did not take care of getting all that information to me, so I have no codes. Oh, shoot. <laughs> uh, she, now that you say that, she may have. Um, I will have to go into my, because she usually doesn't miss it, but, uh, guys, if you want to order, I should, what we can have you, what you, you can do is uh, send me send me the codes, and, and I'll make sure that they get taken care of. Cool, cool. All right. All right, guys, so with that, uh, I want to, again, just uh, say, hey, man, Brian, thanks for, for being on the air with us today. 
Thanks, Jack. Really appreciate it. All right, guys, great interview. Uh, I learned a lot. Hope you did as well. I want to remind you here as we wrap up at the end of the show that if you like the show and the work that we do, there's a simple, easy way to support us, and that's to do your online shopping at tspaz.com. Just when you're going to buy something online, go to tspaz.com first and start there. If you do that, in the end, you're going to help us no matter what you do. Um, today, though, the item of the day that I have for review for you is one I brought around before, and this, this product literally did change my life just a little bit. Now, my life is not so immensely better for it that I'm going to be on TV yelling like it's an infomercial and, you know, you got to get involved, too, and like, like Oprah Winfrey rah-rah stuff. Um, but there is a video in the, uh, the review today that is a little, like I compared it to like a ShamWow video, because honestly, I was skeptical. This is a stupid little inexpensive product called Barkeeper's Friend. It's a cleanser and polish. And it is just fantastic for removing things that generally don't want to come off. Even with a water softener, my water is hard. It, it's, my, my buddy Nick Ferguson refers to it as liquid calcium. And what happened is about four months after we moved into this house, we realized we didn't have a single glass that was clear anymore. That our glasses were, were hazy. Like, they looked dirty. White, nasty, dirty-looking glasses. They're perfectly clean. It was hard water residue and nothing worked i mean if you washed them more you put more residue and they got worse we tried special rinsing agents in the dishwasher we tried dumping vinegar in the dishwasher nothing worked and eventually i gave up and i stopped buying new glasses because um, i was like well there's no point to having nice glassware so it was either going to be a, you know, like a cup or something that's not transparent where you couldn't see the haze or you just use what you have So my buddy David started mocking me and claiming I was too cheap to own a decent martini glass. And uh, one day, one person in the audience here wrote in to me and said, hey, you should check this stuff out. And when he said what it was, I'm like, oh, there's a can of that under the sink. And I had never bothered. Somebody that came here and house sat for us uh, had picked it up while they were here. Never mentioned it, just left it behind. So I took out one of these glasses and I tried it on a glass and it, went crystal clear. It needed maybe one more little polish. And so now what I do is as the glasses start to haze up again, I just give them a, you know, every once in a while they get a full scrub with this stuff. And it's, it, it's made me able to enjoy my cocktail glasses again. So like I said, it is not earth shattering, but it did actually change my life. Remember, if I review it and I put it on my website and I suggest that you use it, I spent my money on it and it worked for me. So it'll probably work for you too or I wouldn't recommend it. And lastly, since just about everything on there is from Amazon.com, if you ever don't like something, they just return. you can just return it. Um, and, and that gives me a lot of confidence in re making recommendations there. Today, actually, I had an item I, I had to do a return on. Uh, a little internal filter for one of my fish tanks is only about a week old and it just isn't working anymore. It's not moving any water. Took it apart, cleaned everything out, put it back together, stuck it in there, just ain't got no ass left to it. So I did a return request on Amazon site, and they're like, yeah, you'll have a new one in two days, and that yeah, keep it. We don't want it. It's not worth returning. Yep. I mean, so I that's one of the reasons I like to, to do things as an Amazon affiliate. Anyway, with that, we have wrapped up another episode of the show. Let's uh, chat about the song of the day today. Uh, again, we're in Lori McKenna week, and uh, John Adam has a tendency to win me over to people I didn't think I liked. I'm starting to like this Lori McKenna chick. Um, the song is called Young and Angry Again, and, and the concept is when you're a kid and you're full of basically piss and vinegar, she uses different verbiage for that, 
But you, 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 you have a certain lack of things. There's things you don't have. There's things that you want. But you have a certain spark. You have a certain spark that gives you an incredible advantage in the world. And I've often said youth is wasted on the young. One of the things is I don't think young people understand how valuable that spark is. And they don't understand something else about a spark like that. You can channel it, you can push it, and you can make it burn bright. It can go from a spark to a flame. But like all things in all phases of life, it will begin to fade, and eventually it will be gone. Now what replaces it is so, sort of more of an ember, a slower burn, that's guided with wisdom and temperance. And both of them have their advantages. But there are times, those of us who have passed into the ember stage, we look back and say, boy, I'd like to have that again. One of the sad things in the human condition is it's really hard to have the spark and the ember at the same time. Very few people are able to ever pull that off. And when that part of your life is gone, it's gone. A lot of times because the things that you craved, you've achieved and you become more comfortable Don't waste it, young folks. Don't waste it. Including even the part about being angry. Anger is a fine emotion if it's properly controlled and channeled. With that, it's been Jack Spirico with another edition of the Survival Podcast. Helping you figure out how to live that better life if times get tough, or even if they don't. We'll be just fine. Don't know how we survive, but we do. My life. Is an early spring snow The last thread of hope That I just keep hanging on to My life is pieces of paper That I'll get back to later I'll write you a story How I ended up here And how the little things make us How long it takes us to figure out what matters the most My life is a two dollar beer Yeah, Friday night's here The friends that I've known since high school My life is in order to go Rainy car ride back home Someone you love to lay next to My life is pieces of paper That I'll get back to later I'll write you a story How I ended up here And how the little things make us And how long it takes
through the snow A sweet reckless hope And baby I know what matters 